This podcast is offered by Jikoji Zen Center on the web at jikoji.org. Our programs are made possible by donations from people like you. Good noon. As you can't help but seeing, um, we did some calligraphy the last couple of days. <clears throat> or you could, if it doesn't look like calligraphy, at least it's brushwork, you could say. <clears throat> it certainly isn't um, quite typical um, in my, my um, idea of calligraphy, my traditional idea of calligraphy. But um, this is really uh, expressive uh, brushwork. <clears throat> and um, these these uh, these words were written um, somewhat uh, reflectively, <clears throat> um, and the more the more that you work on your word, people uh, more or less chose a word and then they uh, tried writing it in an expressive way. <clears throat> um, and this was after having uh, studied some. Chinese characters and seeing how when you write a Chinese character, you once you start, you have to keep going until you finish. You don't stop partway and say, oh, I should have done this, or oh, my brush is running out of ink, I have to get more ink. You have to just keep going once you start the character. Even if it has 20 strokes in it, you have to just keep going. So. Um, we're trying to apply that kind of principle to uh, English words so that once you s begin with uh, some letter, then you just keep going from that letter on to the next one and until you're, until you're finished. And um, so the, the result is that things get a little bit distorted because you don't, you're not just writing one letter and another letter and then another letter, like individual elements but you're trying to link them all together so you have this kind of flow from beginning to end. So that's um, more or less what uh, many people were trying to do. And then uh, some people, um, for some people, of course, that doesn't quite fit. You know, one size doesn't fit everyone. And so, but people were um, reaching more into their expressive nature rather than just trying to make a beautiful uh, letter or beautiful word. <clears throat> so uh, I came across this uh, <coughs> reference to to jazz in this book uh, by Toni Morrison, and uh, we had uh, we we heard last night we had wonderful sounds from this uh, group, um, most most of whom are here still. And um, <coughs> that these sounds, the whole possibility of this kind of playing and hearing is because of jazz, the whole uh, manifestation of jazz in, in this country. And uh, so I thought um, the word jazz <coughs> uh, is a perfect word for you to um, get a sense of what one does when one chooses their word. It's, it's not going to be jazz all the time, but look what these, all these other words are. So each person, in a sense, 
in uh, writing this word, well, thinking about it, and then in writing it, because you write it many times uh, normally to to try to understand it, understand what what it is that that is important about the word for you, and then to try to m develop a kind of choreography for how the word should should um, come out on the page. So all of this time of thinking and of trying and of trying again and so on and so forth, various uh, associations of the word come to you. So this is how uh, Tony Morrison uh, reflected on the word jazz. <coughs> if I say the word jazz, I'm sure something comes to mind, something very concrete or maybe something that's unspecific, maybe just the music, a certain kind of music. And if I pursue the image of jazz music, you know, a sample might surface, or a musician, or arrangement, or a song, or something, or maybe just clubs, radio, whatever comes to mind, and places where that particular kind of music we call jazz is played, or maybe just your own like of it, or your dislike of it, or your indifference to that particular music. But whatever you're thinking about that music, in the background of the word jazz is the recollection. If not the main feature of your memory or your association, that, that jazz is music black people play or originated or shaped. But that it's not exclusively played or even enjoyed by them now or for even a long, long time. And also the fact that the appreciation of jazz is one of the few places where a certain kind of race transcendence or race transcendent embrace is possible. Which doesn't mean there was no exploitation, but even the exploitation was possible only because of the interest in it and the passion for it and the embrace that did take place interracially, so to speak. So, some sort of think, thinking or experiencing like that happens when you're really working on a, on a word. You never know what kind of directions you're going to go. <coughs> so, uh, I'd like to just identify these words for you because you, may, you just might not be able to read them too, too easily. The first green one there is loop. And the next one is lick. And then we have tree growing out of an ocean with a heart in it. Ben, would you uh, let, let that piece down? This was a uh, result after we had been uh, doing our thing for quite a while, then everybody uh, added something to this one. And so it's just a composition, composed, composed composition. And then the next one is dream. And then we have um, mango. And then the next one, what is that? 
This is this is one ocean. Ocean. Oh yeah, this is ocean. Yeah, with a with a dot, red dot in it. And then this one, everyone can read. And this one also, I think you can read that. Right? No. Well, it starts with a B, and then we have an L, and then a U, and then the an E. And then uh, over here we we have the the most succinct one is hug. If you can make that out, you can find the H and the U and the G. <coughs> And then the next one, I don't, I don't remember what it is. Eternal. Emerge, emerge. Eternal. No, the next one is eternal. Emerge. The, so the green, greenish blue, blue one is emerge, and the next one is eternal. And then we have uh, abundant, with a additional. Uh, movement at the end, but it's basically abundant. <coughs> and then uh, it looks like it's trying to be a restaurant, but it isn't. You, it, it has uh, some restraint to it. Restraint. <laughs> so um, in this calligraphic connection, then, I thought that um, it would be well for you to uh, know what this calligraphy says, because it's been in the community room forever, and, uh, and I suppose, and there hasn't been any translation uh, available, I guess. It's, you can see it's rather... Uh, Expressive, or it's uh, it's it, it's it's very much in a unique style of this writer, whose name is here, but I I'm not sure. This is Dragon, but I don't know what the other ones are. Does can anyone read any other of the letters of the characters? <coughs> Wind. No, I, no, I mean this. These, I'm talking about this down here. His, his name. So this is what happens when you get uh, a gift <coughs> like this. Then people have a nice conversation trying to agree about what the character uh, probably means. <coughs> so, so the actual saying is um, uh, a sort of typical uh, Zen saying. And uh, so I, th I thought I would write... Uh, 
I thought I would write it um, in in a way that's uh, that's more uh, you know more commonly written. Or so the first the first character is uh, wind, and. Uh, So um, I can't hold it up, it's too wet. Um, but the, the character originally, um, the reason uh, wind is given that particular um, shape uh, is because it's uh, expressive of um, kind of uh, space, and then in the space is the sun, and then there's movement. <coughs> so in the earliest form, earliest time, um, the character had this form. <coughs> this is sort of expansiveness, and then the sun, and this, this is supposed to suggest movement. Sorry, I can't show you the good example of the form. Then the uh, second character <coughs> is, um, I'll, I'll write it here so it's, it's visible. That, that character, I couldn't figure out what it was, but uh, a knowledgeable person could could realize that it's really a character that looks something like this. See, it's you can see it's fairly uh, simplified or uh, crucified. So <clears throat> this uh, and then. This comes from the idea of, uh, this is a mouth on this side, your mouth, and then this, this one is something like this originally. So this is mouth, and uh, this is breath, and this is person. So uh, then it was simplified to this kind of shape. <clears throat> and then it was, um, became just amazingly, um, what you say, cursively written that way. <clears throat> uh huh. Yeah, so the wind just blows. And then this character is um, not, doesn't have a very good explanation from the uh, earliest form. It was, um, here's a heaven, and then here's a bird. 
and then the bird is flying up and then it was simplified uh, so originally this 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 had a, a meaning of uh, flying up and I guess you could say well if it flies up high enough it disappears becomes nothing so then this this eventually uh, this character became uh, it means not it's a negative just a negation So then the next one is uh, uh, an interesting word. Uh, it has, on the left side, you have uh, a lot of weight. So something, a lot of, it's, it's supposed to be a pile of weights or something like that. And then on the right side is supposedly your um, sinew or muscle. So the early form is like this. This is this. This is the muscle, and this is the uh, weights, pile of weights. And then, uh, so then it was. Uh, its regular form became uh, something like this. So that's that's what this is supposed supposed to be. Afterward, you can look at these better. Muscle and weights means it's pretty strong. Yeah. So you need muscle to move the weights. So this means move. And this one is pretty, um, looks, it's very interesting because this looks like such a minor character. It seems to be de-emphasized, but uh, it's one of the most important characters in China. <coughs> oh, I know. First, um, we'll say um, person, uh, one form of person is this. <coughs> Just this. this. This can mean person. And of course, because, uh, because we are humans, then we think that we are pretty good. So this came to mean great. <laughs> so now, generally, this means great. But if you put the line on, uh, across the top, then what is it that's higher than humans, well, it's heaven. So then uh, you write heaven sort of like that. Something like, something like this. <coughs> Sometimes this little line is longer, but usually this line is longer on top. 
So that's heaven. So heaven is a very uh, a word with many um, implications in Chinese culture, very different from Christ, Christian Christianity. Heaven. <coughs> okay, so we have uh, heaven. Now here we have this uh, word, which I couldn't figure out what in the world that meant, and then eventually I I learned that. Um, it was this word, the way it's written in, in Japan is, is like this. Uh, what was it? Something like this. It's not quite right. But anyway, it was something very simplified like this. But it, it shouldn't be quite like this. It should be something a little... Anyway, something very simple like this. <coughs> but the original form is much more complicated. And uh, so I'll write it because it's just fun to write the whole thing. So if you write it fully, it has all this going on on the right side. And this uh, first one means, um, oh, this is a funny character too, because it means a lot of things. It sort of means nose originally, but then it, mean, it means self. But it can also mean lots of other things. And um, it can also just mean thing or item. Um, and then the next one, uh, this next middle part, I'll make it a little clearer over here. something like this. Um, it, it has, there's a roof or an enclosure and then the inside has been divided or taken out. So it, it ends up meaning cave or um, some kind of hole. And then in, in the mystery of mysteries, if you add a little bit more, if you add a, 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 um, a shape that means um, plan or um, or te technique or um, ability, uh, if you add that, then this whole thing means uh, emptiness. But I think that's happened because the sound of this character is the sound used for emptiness. <clears throat> because it doesn't make any sense if you have this sort of hole and then you put um, mechanical work or industry or something into it. It doesn't, how could that mean 
the profundity of emptiness. <coughs> so anyway, that this is not in, in this here. This only has this much. And then this bottom one uh, now means uh, all directions. But um, apparently the earlier form was uh, a different form which meant uh, a double cover. So there's, so the idea of this, if you want to pursue that, is, is that the something um, goes, uh, goes into a hole and then it becomes in, invisible or hidden or lost or something. So, um, so this character then uh, has to do with the, uh, what would you say, with, with um, it, this, the, you, you have to add this um, action here. This is like going or uh, moving. So you're going to the place of uh, disappearance or the edge, or the extremity. So this has that kind of idea of extremity also. So we have heaven's extremity. What does that mean? That means like the, um, the what do we call it, the zenith, the highest, highest point in the sky. Okay, and then after that, we have something there that <coughs> is supposed to be very obvious, but it's uh, when uh, the early form of that character wa was uh, something like this. And now, and now it's uh, come to be more, much more um, standardized. So its early form was this, and now it's this. So this is the moon. So now you know, now you know what this means, right? <laughs> well, the uh, the wind. No matter how much the wind blows, uh, it, uh, it cannot or does not move the moon in the zenith of the sky. So this, this is a, a Zen phrase. It, it should um, reach in deeply into your your hara or some place, and uh, it should inspire you to meditate more, <laughs> or maybe just to go outside and at night and enjoy the moon. Would it uh, have sounded more poetic in its original? Oh, Is there a translation? That you, I don't know, I'm just curious. Yeah, I, I don't have a poetic one. Would you please make one? <laughs> Yeah, so we can enjoy the visual poetry here. Yeah. 
Well, um, this, this could have been used as a koan kind of thing, or it could be an answer to a koan. So it, it, was, it had that kind of um, engagement. And this, um, this is actually one of a pair. There should be another one with uh, also the same number of characters. And um, it, it says, um, let's see, the snow, uh, the, the snow uh, falling uh, heavily uh, is still unable or still does not um, cause the crushing or breakage of the pine tree in the deep in the valley. So that sense of natural um, sort of calamity <coughs> can it cannot uh, break the pine tree. So in both of these cases, the uh, moon and the and the pine tree are express um, our fundamental nature or our fundamental reality. And even though we get very happy or we get very angry and and all kinds of things happen or or think or nothing happens <laughs> and we get really frustrated. <clears throat> still our true uh, self or or deepest nature is uh, is there in in its unmoved uh, condition now we have uh, when as you came in, you passed by this uh, scroll hanging on the, um, it's on the left side. And uh, curiously enough, it also uh, has, um, has to do with the uh, moon and uh, wind. But it's, it has a little different uh, direction that it goes. So it, it has the uh, bright uh, moon. The, the first character is bright, and this is more or less the way bright looks. Bright, bright moon. So with uh, bright, you have uh, sun and moon together. So it has to be bright. So that's the first two characters. And then, uh, then it has uh, pure. The character for pure is um, Quite interesting. It has uh, it has uh, blue on 
on the right side and then it has um, water on the left but this blue is uh, rather suspicious <coughs> because um, this the the meaning of the blue uh, comes from uh, this idea of uh, of birth or of uh, plants that are um, emerging coming out sort of like this and then below it is supposedly a um, a uh, what do you call it where you you put um, um, you put a um, chemical or a metal into a stove and you cook it. What what is that called? Yeah, it's a kind of alchemy where you're 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 changing anyway. You're trying to get red color out of this metal <coughs> in this. So how can this how can this which means uh, life or plants growing and uh, red? How can that mean blue? <coughs> so you have to ask an Asian. <laughs> so so one um, one idea was well, um, that's a uh, that some some humans have this condition where they when they are looking at green they see red. Is that called Dalton? Dalton, pardon? Dalton, yeah. So that's a possibility. And another is that uh, this idea of red just means color. So the color of plants. So then that could mean green. Anyway, uh, this, this is not, let me write it again. This is not uh, quite right. I'm putting um, energy into it and I should be putting water into it. <coughs> So when the when you see this these three more or less dots on the left side of a of a character then that means water. <coughs> so water and green uh suggests purity or clean clean. So we have a bright um moon and clean, uh, pure, and the next word is familiar to you <coughs> already. Okay, is uh, wind. So pure wind. Here it comes, it's floating in here. 
<coughs> pure wind. And then uh, it has uh, character which I couldn't figure out what that was either. And uh, it turns out that it's, <coughs> it's not what I thought it was. So it's this. Uh, this is a cursively written form of this. Can you believe it? <laughs> but you can see a nice horizontal, and then these two verticals. And then this second horizontal becomes confused, or, I mean, flows into uh, these last two dots. So it's, uh, I thought it was uh, a way of writing mu, because mu is often written with a very prominent horizontal and then a lot of other lines. But uh, it, it's a little empty looking for mu, so, uh, so this, is, this is the way. Of course, and it doesn't work with mu either. We're not saying not here. We're, we're saying together. This, this has the idea of together. And then this, this line here, that's, yeah, a lot of you know that. That's number one. And then the last character is um, a very nice one. It, it has a uh, shelter on top. And guess what's inside the shelter? <coughs> this is a roof here. And what is this? Well, this is a pig. So this is the most important thing to have in your house, is a pig. <laughs> so this means house. And then it, it means, uh, as an extension, it means family. So it's a, it's a very you know, f fundamental word in, in uh, Chinese culture. So, so it's, it's delightful in a sense that the, the great person is not in here. It's a, it's a pig that's in here. <laughs> so you can see the simplification of, of this character. Yeah. <coughs> How is it time? <coughs> well, I, I would like to uh, slightly shift the... Um, our, our um, view to uh, someone who's, who is highly regarded for his language, since we're in a, in a, in a um, calligraphy weekend working with words. <coughs> and this is someone who, who, from my perspective, is a kind of bodhisattva through language as well as his life. <coughs> And this is what um, Toni Morrison said about him. 
You knew, didn't you, how I needed your language and the mind that formed it, how I relied on your fierce courage to tame wilderness for me, how strengthened I was by the certainty that came from knowing you would never hurt me. You knew, didn't you, how I loved your love? You knew. And then she says, this is no calamity, because he has just died. Then this is no calamity. No, this is a jubilee. Our crown, <coughs> our crown you said, has already been bought and paid for. All we have to do, you said, is wear it. <clears throat> and this is one of the uh, well-known phrases that uh, he wrote. A person does not lightly elect to oppose his society. One would much rather be at home among one's compatriots than be mocked and detested by them. And there is a level on which the mockery of the people, even their hatred, is moving because it is so blind. It is terrible to watch people cling to their captivity and insist on their own destruction. She, uh, Toni Morrison uh, says that whenever he came, or whenever they got together, it was like Christmas because he would bring the gift of langu <coughs> language <coughs> and the gift of courage and the gift of tenderness. And uh, when she wrote about his courage, uh, one of the things she said was, um, it is a courage that came from a ruthless intelligence married to a pity so profound it could convince anyone who cared to know that those who despised us need the moral authority of their former slaves, who are the only people in the world who know anything about them, and who may be, indeed, the only people in the world who really care anything about them. So this kind of language uh, I think can be uh, very much appreciated by anyone who has been serving or has been uh, servile in their life. <clears throat> that in, when you're in that position, you often know far, far more than the people who, who are above you or who are supposedly um, in control. <clears throat> And those people uh, need, need your moral authority. 
because they probably have lost theirs. <coughs> so this uh, person uh, that uh, she is writing about is James Baldwin. And I think that uh, he is someone who will become uh, even more appreciated as our uh, history uh, extends in, in its uh, <coughs> difficult directions that we seem to be going. I think uh, his kind of insight and his concern and so on is really expressive of what uh, one is as uh, what we would call a bodhisattva. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by Jokoji Zen Center. Our Dharma talks are offered free of charge, and this is made possible by the donations we receive. Your support helps us to continue to offer the Dharma. For more information about Jokoji, please visit us on the web at jokoji.org.